Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at NortheastScene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. everybody and welcome to the northeast scene podcast this is keith and tommy and we're back coming to you live on labor day monday because there are no days off at the northeast scene podcast tommy and i dragged ourselves out of bed at 6 a.m we labored in front of the, our computers all day coming up with the the best skits and outlines for the no we didn't really do that but no. we have been talking a lot today and it's labor day <laughs> And you know what? There are no days off for us. We're here no matter what. You've heard us. You've heard us say this before. Right, Tommy? Yeah. No, it's and it's it's really like it's funny because every week when I go to like uh, export the audacity, like I always go, uh, what episode is this? And I look at the last week's one that's still saved on my desktop. And then I go, Jesus, it's been 79 weeks. Like, holy shit. Like, that's insane. Like, yeah, it's it's really crazy. (laughs) I think about time in terms of the show now i'm like what episode happened when this was going on what episode happened when this was going on yeah and it's actually funny we kind of just gauge time of like when's the last time we did one with just you and i and you were like well we did the one with kelly that's like a you and i episode and i was like when was that that was like beginning of summer and you went back and looked at it and you were like it was may i'm like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> may feels like ages ago and folks we have a lot of fun stuff planned for this episode So strap in. But first, breaking news. I want to mention that, sadly, uh, actor Michael Kenneth Williams has passed. And Tommy, that is the gentleman who played Omar in The Wire. Yeah, Omar Littles. Goddamn. Yeah, dead of a suspected overdose. That is really sad. And uh, it, it really makes me think, the drug game is just crazy these days. I'm reading, I mean, you read about fentanyl every day. I'm reading about people overdosing on fentanyl-laced Coke. Even Coke isn't safe. Wait, they put it in Coke, too? Yeah. Isn't that the opposite effect that you want from Coke? Yes, but it's so cheap. See, cocaine and heroin come from plants that you have to harvest, and there's a whole process to break it down to get the drugs. Yeah. Fentanyl is a synthetic, lab-created element. It's... cheaper to produce it's quicker to produce so it it just ends up in everything so they can make it in bulk and they can use it to cut other things in order to okay exactly fair enough so and these dealers that it gets down to they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're mixing there's no there's no science to it when i ended my days with drugs i hadn't even really heard of fentanyl the only way i had heard of fentanyl is Fentanyl lollipops or the patches, right? There was no, like, you could buy a bag and do it and die. There was that element, but not like it is now, where it's literally a game of Russian roulette. You know, if you do it, you could very well die. 
And I'm just glad I got out when I did because, you know, it was right in the nick of time, right when all that stuff was starting up. And it's just really sad that we're losing so many people and that it, I don't know, that it's so easy for it to happen. I actually was talking to somebody, uh, a mutual friend of ours that is involved in clinical recovery. And he was saying that was one of the things that was the most, the scariest thing right now is that uh, carfentanil and carfentanil is, I think it's 10,000 times more potent than morphine and 100 times more potent than fentanyl. And it's like, you know, people don't understand dosages when you're talking about literally like micrograms, like it's not a milligram dosage. Like this is like insanely small amounts of it can wreak havoc on your respiratory ability. Like you, you, you go into respiratory suppression, like almost instantly. It's, 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 it's really, really scary. So rest in peace, Michael Kenneth Williams, excellent actor, even beyond the wire. He had a small part in the road, that movie that was memorable. Uh, what else was he in boardwalk empire, man, huge loss. Huge loss. Very sad. You know he lives in my neighborhood? Uh, I did not know that. Neither did I until I read that article today. That's crazy. Hard to imagine that we don't run in the same circles, Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) So how are you doing? What's going on? We got the long weekend here. You know, uh, the weather's changing. I mean, what's going on with you? Uh, not much getting back into the swing of, uh, this last week was our first full week of school, like where everybody was in from seven thirty until three thirty. the full days seemed to be really great for the kids. They were actually like at the end of the day, they were like, Oh my gosh, I, I wish we had full days all the time because we started off school with half days and they were like, ugh, like the whole time they're in there, they're just watching the clock. But if they're in regular full classes and they're moving from class to class, they're, you know, going to lunch, they're going to gym, like they're engaged in music class. Like their day goes by so much faster, which makes it so much easier to teach when the kids are like happy and kids are like excited to be back in a classroom. Um, makes it a lot more fun. But how are you the person doing? Great. Do you stress at night? Do you think about the future? Do you worry about impending climate doom? I want to know about the psyche of Tommy. Uh, no. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I think my biggest worry right now is I looked up something the other day about how many words a kid should have by age two. And, and the, my youngest daughter's about to be two in, in less than a month. And she's like, 20 words behind and I was like oh shit <laughs> should we be doing something more like that's like what cut that that kept me up on Saturday night because I showed it to Kelly we talked about it and she's like well she's already in speech you know we she goes to like uh, daycare she's going to be around the problem I think is a lot of it is she's just been around us now that Kelly's back in work and the baby's in daycare I think because she's going to be socializing a lot more, she's going to have to be a little bit more articulate kind of to, you know, get what she wants and kind of make her way throughout the day. But yeah, that, that worried me a little bit. But other than that, I finally have my new car. Well, new to me car. The Jeep? Or uh, I'm sorry, the Subaru? Yeah, it's a Subaru. Yeah. So does I have, it have air conditioning. It does. Yeah, it's uh, cold we, as we already covered that before. <laughs> it's cold as shit. It blows super cold. You, you know what did worry me the other day, though, was uh, we had that really bad hurricane that came through Ida. Yes, and- I want to talk about that, too. Now, it's crazy. I think I only ever heard of one 
tornado hitting our hometown of Bucks County, Pennsylvania ever growing up. And I'm talking from 1982 until, I don't know, my early 20s when I moved out. And it seems to be a monthly occurrence now. Yeah. Tornadoes just ravaging Bucks County, which is crazy. So, Tommy, what did you see? What did you experience? Were you okay? We were totally fine. My daughters actually had off of school. There was a significant amount of uh, lower Bucks County that got really, really hit hard. Um, my school actually was, we didn't have any delay or anything like that, but because I teach in Trenton, I have to cross the bridge in Morrisville to get a, like to get to work every morning. And the water was really, really, really close to the actual bridge. I've never seen it like that in my entire life. And I've worked there for nine years. Wow. Uh, That was, um, really concerning because some, one of the parents actually brought this up. Um, and during, you know, morning drop off, she said, do you guys have a plan if the river crests? And I was like, what? And she's like, they said the river might crest today because the water levels are still increasing. And I was like, yeah, but it's not raining. And she's like, yeah, but it doesn't mean the water levels aren't going to go up still. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in charge of things like that. I don't, I don't know, but that you bring up an excellent point, like from my window in my classroom, I can see the river. Get out there with a bucket, dude. Do your part. Yeah, I was thinking, just go grab a mop, you know, and like just <laughs> <laughs> roll paper towels. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, uh, that was really concerning. Uh, and I actually uh, have a significant group of students that live in a section of Trenton called the Island, and they had to all get evacuated. So they were oh, in Red Cross areas. They actually, the police came by. There's about 500 homes in that section. Um, they were all evacuated. No, I asked about you, Tommy. You're well, talking about school. See, yeah, but it, 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 I ask I ask you how you did, and then you cycle back to school. But my, it makes me nervous for my kids. That made me nervous. Like <laughs> we should have see. Closed you're school. so giving that you think of <laughs> the kids before yourself. But yeah, this is that, a this is a fascinating psychological study of it Tommy. Is. Perhaps it's a uh, uh, there is something in there. I don't know. But yeah, yeah I, I I was more concerned about everybody being healthy and okay in the building rather than like, Oh, am I going to be able to get home on time? Like, it's like, fuck. Were the kids okay at school? Yes. As far, as far as I know, we did have a significant amount of absences. I'm sure we'll find a little bit out more when we get in tomorrow. Um, but, uh, yeah, it seemed like everybody was okay. I know there was a lot of like outreach things that were available, Red Cross, uh, food pantries and stuff like that. Kids were able to get food, get clean clothes. But, uh, I think the waters receded significantly in those areas. So those people are actually back in their homes. The problem is, is now you're going to have to deal with the aftermath of the, you know, severe flooding, but. What about in Bucks County? Anything going around near your house? We didn't have anything really that bad other than it was a torrential downpour. I mean, Keith, it was the better part of like, I mean, six or seven hours. It was raining so hard. I went outside to peek outside and it was the hardest rain I've ever seen. Yeah, it actually, you know, when people say like the rain was coming down in sheets, yeah, uh, when I could see like out front of my house where the street light is, you could literally see it looked like a wall of water, like yeah. this, like three foot sections of it just sweeping across the road. Intense, uh, really no thunder and lightning, uh, no no tornadoes again this time uh, that were near us. Uh, there was a bunch in Jersey. Um, there were some in Bucks County that touched down, but nothing caused like significant damage except for a couple places, I think, in Burlington and maybe Bristol. Could you believe that 676 in uh, Center City, Philadelphia was just a canal? <laughs> like It was just filled with water. 
Did you see that kid on the uh, doing backflips off the overpass? No, but I saw someone in a raft, I think, or a kayak. Yeah, yo, that yeah. kid. You need a tetanus shot. You need like <laughs> that was like that straight would that was one hundred percent sewage runoff. Like, there's no way. Like that's there was poop in that water. And oh you, yeah, same you, thing here in New York. People lounging in it, and I was like, dude, come on. And I got lucky because. You know, I live in a garden level apartment, so it's a step down. Yeah. You know, I have to like duck down to get into my apartment because it's low and I'm very tall. Yeah. So nothing happened though. I guess I'm in an okay area because there was no flooding, there was no problems, there was no leakage. But Tommy, I'm sure you saw a lot of the crazy videos coming out of New York City, like oh. water just shooting into subway stations. And I think part of Park Slope in Brooklyn was just underwater. It was crazy so i feel extremely grateful that i did not have any major issues yeah same same here i was just really we were lucky that everything that happened we you know stayed safe and relatively on like i mean we had a little bit of water in the basement but nothing big like really nothing big it was awesome like we had really uh i think my biggest thing was like uh, the girls kept getting really concerned because they saw the water get over top of the curb out front and they had never seen that before. Like the whole street was flooded and yeah. it was over the curb and they were like, is it going to come up to the house? And I'm like, no, in my head, I'm going, maybe, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. <laughs> you I'm have to a- say no though. I mean, oh, of course you always with, with it, especially someone that's seven years old when they're looking at you and they think you have all the answers, you must have all the answers, whether you do or not. Like you really have to pretend like, no, this is going to be okay. Like in back of your head, you're going, I'm preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. Like that's all I can do. Yeah. And Tommy and I were in touch during this whole thing. I wanted to make sure he was okay. And he wanted to make sure I was okay because we were both getting hit with tornado warnings and flash flood warnings and all this stuff. And Tommy tells me that he's like, we have to evacuate downstairs to the basement yeah. because, you know, there's tornado warnings. And video game <laughs> addict that I am, my, the first thing I think is, I wonder if Tommy brought the video game system down there. <laughs> he, he, your first text was, did you bring the Raspberry Pi? And I'm like, <laughs> Keith, if there's a tornado, there's, there's no power. <laughs> but while you're waiting for the tornado to hit, you could have some fun. <laughs> No, we played uh we did we played Candyland and we played Essie really likes this fishing game that we have. So she played their fishing game and we talked about colors and that was about it. It was really fun. It was just like a nice like, okay, let's go down to the basement. And the girls are like, you know, they're blissfully unaware, like, but they're slowly starting to get like, oh, we're not in the basement because it's fun. Like this is like they told us to come down here. Yeah, this is like little house on the prairie stuff that we're doing now. I actually, uh, I, I saw someone that I went to high school with. Actually, I, I, we've mentioned him on the podcast before, uh, Matt Canning. He played guitar for Shai Halud for a brief period of time. Um, he went to high school with me. He was actually out in his backyard. I believe he lives over in like the Horsham kind of area. His wife said, you know, come on in. There's a tornado warning. And he ignored it. And she said, come on in. Like, th- like three times she warned him. And he finally was like, okay, fine, I'll come in. And a tornado ripped through his backyard. <laughs> the, the pictures were astonishing like huge huge like old growth trees you know things that are 50 60 years old and they're intensely high just ripped out from the roots it was really like holy shit and his, his thing was like moral of the story is listen to your spouse or significant other <laughs> yeah yeah so wait his backyard got hit and not the house 
Yeah. So it's oh, a, man, he he's lives, lucky. Yeah, he has it looks like from the pictures he has a pretty large uh his property is pretty big. Um, so it was the back part of his house. So he, it, you know, a, looked like about a, a full acre away from where he actually lives. So, well, we did it. We survived Tommy and you sound like you're doing well. I'm doing okay. <laughs> I, there's stuff going on. I, I really wish I could talk about it, but I can't because it involves, other people's private business yeah. and i just i just can't do it i apologize to you the audience but there's there's all kinds of drama going on and i'm really sick of it but uh i'm taking additional steps to remove myself from it what do you think of that tommy i think that's an insanely mature thing to do and yes. i think keith of seven years ago would not have done that made that same choice well i didn't make all the right choices i'll tell you after the show okay yeah yeah, but uh, I I I am very proud of you because I know, especially when you get emotional about things, it's hard not to react in a way. Yeah, where you, you know, like what's that word I'm looking at? visceral? Like you have that instantaneous, like this is how I want to respond. Yeah, uh, but taking that moment to kind of step back and be like, no, I'm gonna be the bigger man and walk away. I'm gonna be the bigger person about this. Yes, and and for the most part, I have been so. Props to me. <laughs> Someone has to give it to me. <laughs> if it's just me and Tommy, then I'll take it. But uh, let's see. What else is going on? Oh, we got some new music now. Now, Tommy, there's been a lot of talk of the new Deaf Heaven album, Infinite Granite. Now, now they, they switched to like a more... Not a more. Like, they pretty much totally switched to a shoegaze, shoegaze sound. Shoegaze, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... The old me came out when I first heard about this, and I was like, oh, like, why? You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. that, like we've talked about this on the show. Like, when we were young and a band switched their sound, I'd be like, oh, why, why are they doing that? So that was my initial reaction. But then that went away, and I thought about it. It's actually a brilliant move, because, you know, they hit big with Sunbather, which was like a black metal, emo, post-hardcore you know, there's a lot of different elements in that thing. It hit big. Yeah. It started this whole second wave of post-black metal bands. And they did that. They did another heavy album, which was more refined, New Bermuda. And then they had the third album, the, uh, the name of which I forget. And it's it's all pretty heavy. It's all, you know, in the realm of heavier music. It's a progression. Each album progresses. So they did it, Tommy. They yeah. did that sound, and now it's time to move on to the next thing. So this is, I think this is a very smart way to progress the band. And because a lot of, you know, the reason it shook me when I was younger is because the band hits, right? And then their very next album is a rock album. Yeah. They're like, all right, we tried the heavy thing. This is it. We're a rock album now. It doesn't give us time to process it. It doesn't give us time to adjust. Deaf Heaven have spent the last... I don't know what, six, seven years doing the other thing. Yeah. So now it's time to move on. And I've listened to the album and I love it. It's great. It's good. I mean, the single is really, really good. And I think like people that aren't into heavy music would hear that and go, this is great. It, it has almost like a kind of like nothing kind of feel like it's yeah. shoegazy. Uh, I can understand the fucking words. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm always kind of, I know I don't know that bands like kind of ethos, but like I, I, I'm pretty sure they, you know, their entire catalog up until this point. So it's like what Sunbather, New Bermuda, and ordinary, ordinary corrupt. I think 
right? Ordinary corrupt human love. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So people that are big fans of that, I'm sure they'll they'll play some of those songs, but could you imagine being one of those fans that's like, I love this band, they sound great, and you've only heard the new album, and then they <laughs> they go and they play fucking Sunbather, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, that would be so sick. That immediate shock of look on like on people's faces of like I he is just squealing like it's just like a squeal at this point like that is full on black metal vocals like it's very harsh but it, that's the thing is is like that's what kind of drew me to them in the first place is like they have that ability to walk the line between there's like parts that are extraordinarily harsh but they're able to do things like that are just so beautiful and yes. and very post hardcore post rock and they mix those elements in a very smart way that is is thoughtful but at the same time definitely hits that kind of like that urge i have for heavy music but then it has that other part that's like wow that fucking that, that part is just gorgeous like just it's a- the perfect combo it's like yep. a musical speedball yeah <laughs> i love it speaking of which when the first album came out i'll never forget this sunday like i could never get in touch with my dealer on sundays for whatever reason but one day i hit him up and he actually answered and i was like yes and i got really high and listened to dream house the first song on sunbather like 16 times in a row <laughs> <laughs> it's a really happy memory that i have and that's like an eight minute song they definitely follow that format of like staying in true with what black metal like black metal songs aren't short like for the most part, they're real. Like if you listen to an emperor song, an emperor song is eight and a half, nine minutes long. Right. Um, but like, yeah, dream house, sunbather. Um, there's another it's funny song. because, uh, heavy duty black metal heads really don't like those type of bands like death heaven. Oh, cause it's not, it's not yeah, true. It's they not hate true. It. Yeah. It's not true yeah. black metal. It's like the crossover stuff. They hate it, but congrats to the boys on the new album. I dig it. I like what they're doing. And another new album, Tommy, that everybody is talking about turnstile mm-hmm. glow on now i'll be honest i haven't listened to a ton of this band up until glow on but there's so much talk of glow on i listen to it it's good you know what when a band can just write a good song you know what i'm talking about and i'm talking yeah. about song structure like yeah. it's just a well pieced together song you know what they're trying to do you know where it's going you can really hear that on this album, and I love that because so many times you listen to music and you're like, the fuck is this? Like, yeah. where are they going? What is this part? Where where did this part come? Like, I can really appreciate good song structure, and this Turnstile album has it. It kind of reminded me of Refused, Shape of Punk to Come. Yep. I guess that's probably the most mainstream hardcore album there is, so that kind of sets the template. Yeah. So I got some elements of that, but oh, I, I like it. Yeah, they uh what was the name of that other band? There's another band that did a really great kind of like punk hardcore kind of huge uh explosion. Is that what that band was? The Explosion? The Explosion. They did a really good like it was kind of like the same idea of the Refuse, like it was heavy but not let's just put it this way. It accessible heavy. People that were f- fans of like things like Foo Fighters or Nirvana could listen to that and go, "Oh, okay." They could hear the merit in it. Like because again, stru- you know, songs were structured in a way that allowed people to kind of have accessibility to it and it's like I think that's kind of where they're going with this. This last album is is very 
palatable. Like people can listen to it and go, oh, okay. Like I can hear that. And and people that are still like hardcore purists will be like, okay, I can still kind of hear the the elements of what I was looking for. I think real hardcore purists will hate it because it's too experimental. Yeah. But, you know, people that can dabble in crossover genres and all that stuff will dig it. Yeah, there's a lot of different elements going on, different vocal styles, different sounding songs, but I like I like that it's palatable. You know? It's like a it's a it's like a nice change of pace. If I want straight up hardcore, I'll listen to Ends of Sanity. And if I want something a little more experimental, I'll listen to Turnstile. And I like the idea of like an exciting you only see this in with rock and roll bands or pop bands, like this whole artistic next level thing. Like I'm sure Un- Velvet Underground had it back in the day, or I don't know, like Kanye albums. There's like this mystique, this artistic angle and all this stuff. I like the idea of a hardcore band or a heavier band playing into those elements, different styles, uh, different fashions, different levels of art you don't know what's happening it's exciting you know what i'm talking about like that kind i feel like turnstile kind of has that going on for them too and i i like it i think one step closer kind of walks that same line yes they have that ability to do the same thing where they can kind of draw from different parts of music that you know when we had them on like they made it really clear like you know we play music we like it, we're not here to make a hardcore record. If it comes out and there's hardcore parts in it and hardcore kids want to, you know, two-step during this part, that's great for them. But we made the record we want to make. And I think I think the vast majority of people don't get into music because they want to be millionaires. Or they don't, like, people that are in, especially like punk and hardcore, the reality of the type of music they're making, they know that they're never going to sell a million records that's just not where it is i hope they know <laughs> <laughs> if they if they if they don't they're in for a, a they're big in sub- big trouble turnstile <laughs> is one in a billion especially <laughs> in hardcore man like yeah. forget it like to to make a career in hardcore is is so so hard because it's just, it's just not mainstream music you know unboxing videos get more <sighs> views on youtube than and than a hardcore band's entire career on spotify do you remember there was that band that came out and their record was so fucking good incendiary yes and and i was like oh my god this is gonna hit this is gonna fucking like it had that like almost rage against rage against machine kind of sound and it's like a shouty kind of hip-hop groovy thing it's so good yeah and it was like oh my word i just i don't know what to do about (laughs) this is gonna be huge and nine months later it was gone like you know there no, was they're still well oh, the music but, industry is shut down but the hype the hype around that album uh, it, for me at least for me at least it was like this is going to be the next big band and then it was like oh okay <laughs> i guess i guess they're big but they're not like i thought they were going to be like i thought they were going to get picked up by other bands and be you know out on tour with like dude they just had to cancel a gig with knocked loose Again, though, but that's like that's knocked loose. There's a the knocked loose fans are nuts, and they they will buy everything that knocked loose puts out. But you play knocked loose for my mother, and she's gonna go, "What the fuck is this?" Like, <laughs> you know, or like even you pay play it for my wife, like she's gonna be like, "I don't like this. The guy's yelling too much, too heavy. Why is he barking?" Like, yeah, it's just it's not for everybody. But I was listening to that incendiary album last week, Thousand Mile Stare. Oh, it came out in 2017. So I bet when the next album comes out, it's going to be, it's going to make a big splash. So I love that band. While we're talking about Turnstile, there was the 
turnstile mosh pit incident. <laughs> now, NME reported that an attendee of a recent turnstile show in Santa Cruz shat themselves during the band's set. A promoter for the show tweeted, I can't believe this, but yes, human shit ended up on stage last night during turnstile. As hilarious as this is, it's also disgusting and extremely unsafe. Please, if you have any idea of who it was, please let me know as that person should not be allowed at shows ever again. And Tommy, I guess this gives new meaning to hardcore vocalists yelling, Open this shit up! I want to see some movement! (laughs) (laughs) So... I just I just picture someone somewhere being like, yo, let's go see. And they're like, oh, I can't. Why? I was the dude that pooped at turnstile, so I'm not allowed in anymore. <laughs> like, like somebody somebody ratted me out. I like pooped in my pants and I, now I'm not allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> now, now I can't see my favorite bands. Imagine being that guy. Imagine carrying that burden for the rest of your life, hiding that, going to shows, pulling your hoodie down in shame, eyes darting left to right. Wondering, when are they going to find out? When are they going to figure out that it's me? There was a kid that pooped their pants in grade school, at my grade school. And to this day, I remember that kid's name. Like, if I ever see that person somewhere, the first thought that will come into my mind is, you pooped your pants at gym. Like, that's what I, like, that's going to be my, (laughs) like, they could be a doctor. (laughs) Like, they're like, hey, I went to medical school, and actually, I'm working on a cure for pancreatic cancer. Oh, phenomenal. Remember that time you shit your pants? That fucking Yeah, <laughs> he's never going to get past that, sadly. Well, what else is going on? Not much. I mean, I, I'm really excited just the fact that we are starting school again, and we didn't have to close down. That was huge for me. I like going out, and I, I went to Costco last weekend. And Wait, you went where? to costco (laughs) yeah didn't you buy new clothes i got a new flannel shirt what size are you a large well it depends either large or extra large it depends on the fit like but the the flannel shirt i have this uh i have this it might be a size large flannel from h&m i bought it but i i it's i'm never gonna wear it i went through this one quick phase where i was not gonna wear black anymore and i brought i bought a gray sweater and this green and black flannel, but I'm never going to wear it. Maybe it still has the tag on it. I never even took it off the hanger. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll fit you. We'll see what's up. Next time we are together, bring it because it, I will probably, I don't even care like if, if it fits enough for me to put it on. Like I, I, I wear them when I go to the skate park because I'll just wear like a thermal shirt and yeah. then I put the um, flannel over top of that to kind of like just give me an extra layer because I mean, I, I fall a lot. And it's well, like, tell me, tell me what you did at Costco. Now, keep in mind, we did tell this story in the last episode, so if it's a repeat, we got to move on. Oh yeah, uh, no, it's a repeat. All right, <laughs> <laughs> this is the same thing. I was going to say, I, I, audience, you're welcome. Uh, you can send me stipends to <laughs> Keith Blank. One, no. <laughs> Imagine if I gave out my address on the air. I don't think anything would happen. Uh, no, because like to, to do something, you'd have to. Go to the post office, yeah. put a stamp on a letter, mail it. I guess they could sign me up for some inappropriate newsletters or something like that. I remember you you are like post office adverse. Like you hate the post. <laughs> do you remember when we were giving away all those stickers from the we had that pile of ones that uh 
Doug gave me and it was this day forward audience of one uh, Boz Henna. And you were like, I'm so glad you're taking care of this. I was like, why? And you're like, I don't want to fucking mail stuff. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I hate, I hate <laughs> busy work stuff like that. It repetitive ten, tasks it took me 10 minutes <laughs> like <laughs> yo have you ever been to a post office in new york city no no i haven't yeah, yeah. I, so when are you going to come visit up here soon i hope like my thing is just like i have off the entire week of thanksgiving i was hoping i could come up uh that week like yes for because i'm not going home for thanksgiving i don't think okay so yeah you have to come up here and experience I want to get food. I just, I, I feel like I, we don't ever go anywhere here. And when we do, we like do takeout. So I'm like, I want to go to a place and eat somewhere. We're going to go. Now you have to experience the pizza. That's the best. You have to experience the bagels. Those are the best. You'll never go back. And I'll pick out some good restaurants for us as well. I would love that. I actually, and I want to try... There's a, a a person I work with that is really into trying all different kinds of food. And she said she tried Vietnamese food over the summer. And she was like, it's the the most, not the best food she's ever had, but she was like, it's the most interesting flavor combinations. And she was like, I've never had a dining experience like that. And I was like, I, I, I want to try that. I want to try Vietnamese food. Well, we're going to find a Vietnamese restaurant. But right now, you know what we're going to do? Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking at the th- fucking thing. <laughs> I know what's coming up. Oh, we're going to see it. We're going to try to call Gary Shaw of this day forward because it's funny. What show? We're on the show right now. Yeah. What show? What show? You know, fucking. I still think I'm so petty. I still think about that and I get mad. <laughs> I laugh. I laugh so hard that Gary has. He just doesn't even think we do anything with this. He doesn't even know. Like this show is like so not a thought in his mind. He doesn't even know. That it's a thing. All right, hold on. Yo, what's up, dude? Yo, what's going on? I am actually uh, trying to get the kids to, uh, starting to get them to sleep, but we don't have milk for tomorrow morning, so I gotta go for some milk. Yo, you're on the podcast right now. Whoa! <laughs> yo, every time I call you, you're involved with those kids. What's going on? Are you a parent? No, dude, it's it's like life is. Life exists, man. Kids, they just take all the time and energy out of uh, out of you. It's wild. Did you guys survive the uh, hurricane? Okay. Yeah, uh, actually, I've, on my uh, my Instagram page, I posted a couple uh, pictures. There was like a river running through our house and our neighbors, and it was wild. But then it started uh, slowing down, so I, I put the kids in their galoshes and we were jumping around in the water. I saw that. Yeah. So everyone's <laughs> safe. Yes, we are good. Uh, we had a massive flood in the basement when we first moved in, and uh, four years later, still paying for it, but uh, we uh, got our sump pump fixed. Tommy wants to know if you're going back to work soon. I'm actually going back to work tomorrow. What, the office? So, yeah, in the office, in Center City, full-on, regional rail, SEPTA, oh. gonna suck. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Im- important question. This day forward yeah. reunion, when is it? How close are we? Uh, you know what? I would have to defer. Uh, maybe the 10-year anniversary? No, wait. The 15-year anniversary? No, wait. Are we getting 20 years? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> 2023 will be uh, 20 years. 
you know, my car was just yelling at me to put on my seatbelt. So I'm living very dangerously driving without a seatbelt here for this conversation right here, mister. Thank you. Well, listen, I'm going to let you go, but we're going to get you on the show legit soon. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. Good one, guys. Take care. There you go. That's Gary Shaw of This Day Forward. What do you think of that? It It's Gary. <laughs> it's, he's the same dude, whether you... That's why I like to have Gary on in short bursts like that. One, because it's funny. And I think of him like Bluto from Animal House. Like, John Belushi became such a gigantic character but if you watch the movie animal house he's only in it in very select scenes you know if he was in the whole movie he would have overtaken the movie and it would have been too much but he's in very key scenes he's like a he's like a quick tidal wave a quick explosion if you will and that's how i see gary as well yeah and i was gonna say every scene he's in he steals oh yeah yeah from the the cafeteria scene where he he does the zit thing to the dismembering the horse part like that like when they go to like uh get the horse out of the dean's office like when he's sneaking around like that is the fucking funniest thing in the world like, like that yeah and i want to get gary on the show because i think it would be interesting cuz he made the decision to get out of music and pursue a quote unquote regular lifestyle you know what i'm saying family career all that stuff. A traditional lifestyle, I guess I should say. Yeah. I'm I'm interested in that. I think about, like, I did the same thing, but not voluntarily. <laughs> I just, I was in bands, and then I was just like, I'm not going to be in bands anymore. Like, and When no, did you make that decision, and how? When people stop asking me to play music with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that that's what gets under my skin. It's like, there are people who just never stopped getting asked. I was not one of those people. I think a lot of people didn't know I played early on. And then later, I just, I don't know, I just wasn't in the mix enough. I was always uh, like a flake when it came to like showing up to things and like being on time or being reliable because I was always like, all right, well, I have school and I have work and I have all this other stuff I'm taking care of. Like, so it wasn't a priority for it, you. Ne- yeah, it was clearly never going to be a priority for me. So like everybody else was like, look, we can find somebody that's just as good, if not better, and they're actually going to be dedicated to what this is. Yeah, you know what? With Now that I think about it, with bands, if I think back on it now, it wasn't. I, I wasn't passionate about it like I am with this. Oh, yeah. Like we could talk about our passion for this podcast all day, but for the band, I could compare it to like the guy who shows up to the 40-hour-a-week job like, he always shows up, he always does his job, maybe he even likes the job, but it's not his passion, you know what I mean? I would yeah. always choose staying home and getting high, or going to 700 Club, or going out to drink. Like, that was more that was more of a passion than the band. I drank this weekend, I forgot to tell you that. What? Yeah. What? I had two vodka tonics on Saturday night. Well, How was it? It's all right. I mean, you know, my thing with it is, it's like I always, I always fear the hangover, like or the like going too far with it. So yeah. I'm, always, I'm always very measured when I have, it. like, okay, I'll have one, and I like I look at the time, to- like I look at the time, and I think about what I had to eat and stuff like that, and I go like, all right, I can have one more, and then I had one more, and by the time I, w- I didn't even finish the second one because. It was like nine o'clock and I was like, I'm fucking exhausted right now. <laughs> like, We were up in the Poconos and I was helping them like her parents were 
putting away they have an above ground pool kelly's parents kelly's parents yeah and they were putting away the pool for the season and it's it's pretty labor intensive like i was crawling under the deck pulling you know like doing like putting all these like fasteners on and all this stuff and i was like dirty and tired and i got in the shower and when i got out of the shower kelly was having a glass of wine i was like i'll have a drink and her mom uh always her mom doesn't always have one but she likes uh vodka tonics or she has um bloody mary's and i was like i'll have a vodka tonic and then you know i had another one and then we watched that tv show uh buying alaska about people that buy houses up in alaska which was fascinating and then we went to bed so were you tempted to have more and more no i i think that's one of those uh i get to the point where i know i've i I got a little bit of a buzz and i just go this is enough (laughs) you know i i have this conversation a lot with people in recovery and who have stopped you know doing drugs and drinking and all that stuff and i say i say now hypothetically i say i'm not gonna do it but hypothetically with all the time i have now not doing drugs or alcohol and all the skills i've developed could i could i have one drink and then walk away because you know they tell you oh if you have one drink it's going to lead to this and that and then you're going to relapse and then you're going to die and I respect all that, and I, I don't want to test it to find out. But hypothetically, Tommy, with all the skills and t- clean time and all that stuff that I have now and, and everything I have learned, could I hypothetically have one drink, and if I stop at one, just walk away? I don't know you well enough in terms of, like, I've known you for a very long time, but I I don't know your mental process when you go to drink. And I think there's a lot of times we spent as kids and as young adults drinking, not as like a pastime, but like drinking to get drunk. Oh yeah. Why else would you? I think that immediate temptation of like, like it would, um, I would, that's what I'm afraid of. That's why I won't do it. I can't take the risk. I, I can't. Think that's a, yeah. I think that's a very healthy fear to have. And I think also, I think that tempers you in a way that allows you to take a step back and go like, it's not one drink. Isn't worth it. Like I, I had one drink on what was a Saturday night and I was like, okay, well I'm not really buzzed. Like I, so I had a second one. And as soon as I kind of felt that buzz, I was like, all right, this is cool. And then, yeah. and then I walk away from it because you can't go too deep. Like, wait, if no. that's, and then I end up like it, my thing was like when I was drinking, like I would drink to excess not every day, but when I would drink, it was like too much. And then the whole next day, and sometimes two days after that, I just felt like trash. My stomach hurt. I had headaches on and off. Like I, I constantly felt like I was nauseous. It was just like it was not worth the the four hours of feeling like slightly buzzed or slightly drunk. It wasn't worth the 48 hours of just anguish. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And – you know, I've been really tempted to relapse on Juul. Uh, well, I, I told you I relapsed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm not going to do it because, again, like, I'm like, oh, just, just do it once. But I dabbled before. When I picked it up again in 2019, I dabbled, and then I developed a full-blown habit that ended with me picking pods out of the trash can and smoking them. So I don't want to do that again. And every time I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go buy one and do it. And I always play the tape out, and I... I visualize myself in front of the computer on a work call, the camera's off, and I'm hitting this thing, and then, like, 
the work call is over and I have to go lay down in bed because I smoke too much and I don't feel good. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, that, that's why I stopped in the first place. Well, I was going to say, it just with your, and this has just been my experience, with your mentality around substances, you always find a way to make it overindulgent. Like, <laughs> there's no, there's no like, oh, I'm going to use this and have a puff now and then, like when I feel a little stressed out, or this is a great kind of, uh, I just sat through a two hour conference call, I'm going to punctuate the end of this with a couple hits, and then I'm going to walk away from it. You're like, all right, if you plug it out and plug it right back in, it hits like when you first start it. And if you take like three of them in a row, you get dizzy and it feels awesome for like 10 seconds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, I think. I find a way to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, or you I go, find a way to enhance it, which is not good. You find a way to like go overboard. And, yes, and that's my specialty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I think, I think you having that healthy fear of like, I don't want to get into that habit again and recognizing that is enough for you to be like, all right, I'm going to step away. But I, yeah. I like that after that, we had that uh, discussion on that Monday night. I was like, I knew I wasn't going to go to sleep in a good way that night. Like I was going to be up and tossing and turning. And I know that when I do have that, I'll hit it like two or three times, like while I'm watching the Simpsons and I put it on the nightstand and then maybe once or twice more while the episode's happening. And then I just put it in my nightstand and go to bed. And it was, but well, like, you have self-control. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think that you recognizing that you don't have that self-control is huge. Like being able what, to, like, the thing that makes me think I have some self-control now is cause I'm looking at it right now. I got a bottle of Joe tea half and half on my desk. I have a couple in my fridge. I drink one a week. Yeah, that's it. But half and half iced tea lemonade is different from uh, alcohol or jewel or any of the other things that I like way too much. Yeah, yeah, they're wildly different. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're winding down to the end of the show. So I have a special segment planned for you, Tommy. This mm -hmm. is part two of our YouTube comments segment. So strap in, Tommy. You got it. If you remember the last time we both cried, this is when we <laughs> play music from YouTube videos that we like and read really sad comments that are in the comments section. Because I've noticed that the YouTube comments section becomes sort of a communal therapy space for folks who maybe don't have an outlet otherwise. So, Tommy, I've selected a few more songs that I go back to uh, that will hopefully not get flagged by the YouTube algorithm. And I'm going to play the song and read some comments. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to start out with a pretty easy one. You know, this isn't going to be too emotionally burdensome, so here we go. All right, you recognize this, huh? No. No? It's a good song. All right, it's still going. All right, you might recognize it when this next part kicks in, but... Probably not. Here we go. This is where it gets real. Anything yet? No. Okay. This is the ending music for Super Mario Brothers 2. Ah, uh, okay. I never yeah. beat Super Mario 2. Well, you should. And here's a comment someone left. This ending always made me feel sad as a kid because I always thought 
What if my whole life, my whole world, was just a dream? And to this day, it still does. Watching my brother beat this game was one of my defining moments of childhood. I know the whole, it was all a dream, is a classic cop-out, but at the time it broke my heart. Mario and his friends never went on this adventure, and Mario won't even remember it when he wakes up. It filled me with sense of bittersweetness I never experienced before then. It was like the end of Empire Strikes Back for me. I'll always remember. Oh man, I just got re- I I just started welling up reading that. Really? Yes. I, I got nothing with that one. Wow. This is a very powerful segment. I, I get the idea of it is the first time in your childhood when you experience something that is dev- not devastating, but something that kind of flips your perspective on like, oh, this is not, not only is this not real, but Mario's going to wake up from this and not remember any of it. Like that is, that's, that's kind- heavy. That's heavy. And especially as, you know, a seven or eight year old coming to that, you know, like my daughters had that thing the other day where they were, we were reading about um, the solar system for one of their books for the summer. And they were like, you know, one of the things was like a throwaway line and they, we've gone over this before, but they they found this, the sun's going to burn out eventually. That's a meme going around. The meme says me reading a science book in fifth grade, the sun's going to burn out in a million years. And then it shows a picture of a kid like freaking out. It's like, no, that <laughs> that's so far away. Yeah. Like I, I, I you know, I, I have the, the task of trying to explain that to them because whenever she, like they, they have something really heavy, like Kelly looks at me and kind of shrugs her shoulders. Like, I don't know the science behind this. You have to explain it. I'm like, <laughs> uh, well, think about it like this. Like if you have kids and those kids have kids and those kids have kids at most, it's probably only going to be like 130, 140 years from now. Like when those kids will be alive. So, uh, you know, you get, you got a, you know, they're 4 billion years to go. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, at the end of Mario two, Mario is asleep and it turns out the whole game was a dream. Did you know that Tommy? I did not. I never beat Mario. T- I beat one and three. Well, I recommend playing through two. It's very good. I really don't like two. <sighs> Tommy. I know. I know. What am I going to do with you? All right, next song. Are you ready for this? Go. All right, you're going to recognize this one. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yes. What is it, Tommy? Zelda. Yes. The Legend of Zelda, the original for Mr. NES. D- yeah. Classic. I bought this on eBay. I think I mentioned it on the show. Original cartridge. I fired it up in my NES. And seeing that waterfall again for the first time in 20-plus years blew my mind, Tommy. I beat the first quest. I'm working on the second one right now. It's a beautiful game. It's a really good game. It really is. It's one of a kind. It's just the level of exploration and the way the world is mapped out. There's nothing like it. And this came out in 1987. Jesus. That level of innovation for that year is just crazy on the NES. And here's a comment, Tommy, that someone left. This game was made seven years before I was born, and it still makes me cry tears of joy every time I hear this song. The nostalgia is real. I'm piss poor, broke, and have been a homeless addict, but have never sold any of my video games. Keep the good memories alive. Sometimes nostalgia is all we have to keep us going. Wow. Here's another one. Man, this really makes me miss my father. He passed away last year. Things have been really difficult. I searched this in hopes of good memories with him. He only played The Legend of Zelda on the original Nintendo, and he was a beast at it. 
The last time he played, he beat the game in two hours just to see if he could. Wow. Okay, here's one more. My grandmother passed away last year. Her name was Zelda. On her deathbed, she asked for this song to be played at her funeral. One day when I visited her, I was surprised to see my NES there, and Grandma was listening to the title theme. Her tombstone has the Triforce engraved on it. I miss you, Graham Graham. <laughs> Aw, that's really sweet. I love this stuff. I, I really do like that we attach these memories to these things that are like, you know, they're literally computer programs. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, and, and, but I think there's something... <sighs> we associate our innocence of childhood, like the, the time before you knew death was real, the time you knew before the loss of a parent, the time, like you, you recognize that you existed and that song existed in a time and place that you can never get back to. When did things change for you? When do you, I like, I look Uh, back on, I would say pre sixth grade because the first traumatic thing that happened was everyone in the class turned against me and made fun of me and all day and all this stuff. So I, I would say that was the beginning of changes for me. But up up until sixth grade, I would say things were pretty innocent and fun. And even though there was troubles, it was it was still cool. What about you? So my father died when I was five. And then my uncle, my mom's younger brother, became a big part of my life. And he died the following year. So my father passed away in 1987. My uncle passed away suddenly. And it's like literally went to bed, said he didn't feel well, and had a massive heart attack in his sleep. So never? I mean, I, I, I do recall, <laughs> like, I do recall going out with my friends when I was like nine, 10 years old, going skateboarding and skateboarding like all day. I remember one of my friends brought up the point and he was like, even then it was like, you know, we kind of looked at him like, what? Like, he was like, Hey, he's like, you know, when we're older, we'll think back on these times and think about how much we miss this. And I'm like, it's a hundred degrees outside. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Like it, this shit sucks. Like, but he couldn't have been more right. Just spending time with your friends and learning tricks and pushing each other and showing each other new things that you found or, uh, you know, we would bring like a little boom box with us and like, you know, playing music that we liked. And I really do think about those times as like, that was kind of like the salad days. Like those were the parts where I really just, I, I fell in love with it. And I think one of the things, uh, I actually saw a Facebook memory that came up recently and, uh, Doug had given me a, a, a longboard that somebody had left somewhere at like at his apartment or in the bar or something like that. And I was out riding it and somebody commented like, you're the coolest 35 year old I know, or something like that. Like you still skate all the time and you know, you never gave up on stuff like that. And I, I think when I, th- I think about skateboarding, I, I love the feeling it gives me, but there was also a lot of animosity of like when people, that I spent a good chunk of time with skating and then I found out they quit or they weren't skating anymore. Like I, you know, my biggest priority was let's go skate. Like, and when somebody would be like, well, I broke my board. I'm like, I'll fucking get another one. Like go. So I guess video games for me are skating for you. Yeah. Like it, it it's the thing that I tie to the fondest memories I have. Well, we're going to have to look up some skating videos for next time and pull some comments so we can make you cry. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, I got one more. This one's going to be tough, as is tradition. The last one is always the hardest. All right, are you ready? Go. You recognize this? Hmm? Huh? Hmm? Is this I know you don't. Bubble Bobble? <laughs> no. It's Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know any of the... The original. The intro music. Do you have this on your Raspberry Pi? I do. I think you should play it. Okay. It's the greatest story ever told. Like, forget <laughs> the Bible, forget War and Peace, forget Moby Dick. This is the greatest story ever told. Honestly. Uh, best music, best story, everything. And this comment is going to kill me, but I'm going to read it. Are you ready? Go. All right. Started shedding a couple tears hearing this play. Ah! I had to stop. (laughs) This is my older brother's favorite game of all time. Sadly, he can't partake because he passed away 11 years ago this June. Watching videos of the remake, I can hear this tune playing in my head, but I had to search it up. When he passed, his girlfriend at the time passed along his PSP. That's the handheld PlayStation thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I loaded up his saved game files to see where he was at, and he had it saved more than a couple times with everything maxed out. I love you, Ruben. I'm sure you'll be watching the storyline play out through others as they enjoy it themselves. Oof. That's beautiful. I was gonna cry, but I just capped it because I just can't handle it tonight. And we don't want to... No one wants to hear that again. I actually think about this. How cool is that that you can go into somebody else's game after they've passed and continue on as them? Like... What they didn't finish in life, you're able to go through and do. Or re-experience the same thing and go, I'm going to play up to the part where they played. And like, you experience the same things they did. Like, it's, that's, there, there is uh, something very sublime about that. Yes. My mind is kind of blown right now. (laughs) I I knew this was going to happen, though. I was ready this time. But listen, we have to push ourselves, Tommy. We have to. Because uh, it's entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and people can laugh at us. <laughs> I'll get some skate video ones that I I'll, I'll look up and I'll find because uh, yeah, I want to I want to torture you too. Yeah, and I actually I I, I can I already have one in my head. I know is going to get me upset. So we're going to do that in a in a couple months, folks. So get ready. So listen, before we conclude, we just want to get some show business out of the way. And look, yeah. I'm going to keep reminding you until you give us what we want. So. Follow us on Instagram. We got a lot of new followers today. Thank you. The NE Scene. Follow us on Twitter. We could use a lot more followers there. Also, The NE Scene. Those are the two platforms that we're on. That's where you can communicate with us. So check it out. YouTube. We finally crossed the 200 subscribers mark, Tommy. There we go. We're up to 201. We want to get over 1,000 so we can monetize our voices. We are shameless, and we want to break even on the amount of money we spend on the podcast. (laughs) That would be nice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially for Tommy, because as you know... I constantly think about ways that I can save money. (laughs) Sometimes before you sign on, I just play that, so I can feel like you're here. I was going to send you the thing I had from uh, eBay, the the, how much money I've made off Legos. (laughs) Oh, Well, we're going to get to that, but well, we're not going to get to that because we're out of time. But 
Tommy's Tommy has some vintage Lego sets, and he's making a mint off of them. It's well over a thousand at this point. Oh man, where'd you get those? Your mom's house? Yeah, my mom's basement. My mom wow. had four sets down there. Yeah. Well, remind me to talk about that next week. You got it. Where was I? Oh, yeah. YouTube, subscribe to us, The Northeast Scene. We put every podcast episode up there. Sometimes we put rare demos and other stuff that we have, friends, bands, whatever we can put up that doesn't get flagged. Actually, I have music that's up there that's flagged, but it's not mine, so whatever, it's fine. There's some show videos. Check it out. The Northeast Scene 2021 Spotify playlist. Now, that's what you need to check out. Follow it. Friend it. I don't know what the hell you do on Spotify. Subscribe. (laughs) Just click whatever button they give you. All of our guests are on there. So if you're curious about the music that we're talking about, we put pretty much all of it there and other random stuff we like that's not necessarily seen. You know, I'll drop some other songs in there, random stuff that we mentioned. Check it out. I do a new playlist every year. So the playlist follows the show, and I drop all the songs in there. It's a nice, convenient, one-stop shop to check out all the music that we're talking about. And what am I forgetting, Tommy? Uh, rate us on apple podcast yes rate us and leave reviews yes there that you go. helps us out a lot in the world of podcasting so if you leave us a review we'll read it on the air that's always fun for us i don't know yeah. if it's fun for you to listen to <laughs> <Yeah>. it but <laughs> it's fun for us to read them and uh, of course write us write us we want to hear from you let us know how we're doing what do you want to hear who do you want to hear northeast scene at gmail.com please email us we have. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. We need your validation. We need your criticism. We need it all to feel alive. What else, Tommy? Did I forget anything? No, I think is, you hit. Is there all anything of you want to say to the people, Tommy? Let me let me give you some time here. I've been into this dude, David Goggins. Uh, David for like, Goggins again? Yeah. So I ordered his. <laughs> You're book. digging right now, aren't you? I, I ordered his book. And I'm interested to see, it's called Can't Hurt Me, but it's a really cool story about how he went from being like overweight and unmotivated to being like the most uh, dedicated, uh, forceful, almost overly aggressive uh, person in terms of like working out and pushing yourself mentally. And I, I really am interested in it. I don't think I'm going to become a long distance runner like he is. But Yeah, I was going to ask, what is this going to motivate you to do? Um, I think one of the big things that kind of gripped me when I was reading some of the stuff and I was actually listening to one of the things, uh, the other day is he talks about mental toughness and like what, how he found his own mental, mental toughness was consistently putting himself in situations that, um, as he puts it, calluses his brain. Kind of like when you get calluses on your hands, your hands stop hurting when you lift heavy things. Um, He was like, I I put myself in hard situations on purpose consistently so that when I'm faced with them in everyday normal life, I'm not surprised by it. And not only am I not surprised by it, I'm equipped with the abilities to be able to deal with it. Uh, So it's fascinating to me. Uh, You know, he was like a Navy SEAL and an Army Ranger and stuff like that. He was like one of these people, like the, you know, top of the top, like kind of elite people. Um, He runs those. uh, Yeah, I remember we talked about this with uh, Ends of Sanity. Yeah, like the ultra marathon, like runs 100 miles, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm just fascinated by people that can do things like that. And and I kind of wanted like a little insight to what that is. And maybe I can apply some of the things to my life. But I don't know. We'll see. Tommy is going to become the top podcaster after he reads this book. (laughs) He's going to be motivated to do crazy, crazy things. I can see, I can see it now. 
It'll be like Steve-O stunts. Like I'll just like staple shit to my forehead and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a, a real circus. Well, look, we're out of time. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I know we did. Did you? I had a great time. Yeah, this was good. We covered a lot of ground, and we're back next week with a brand new, never-before-heard guest on the show. It's going to be a wild ride, so strap in. I'm going to tease you. I'm going to tease you a little bit to build suspense, because I like to do that. So that's it. That's it. We did it, Tommy. There we are. There we are. So it's we'll over, be... Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is over. Nothing. <laughs> All right, we're back next week. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and... Until next time. Yay!